0: gentlemen welcome to another episode of the voice of neuro this time we're doing something a little bit different instead of having a wonderful guest on you are my guest the viewer the listener the follower the subscriber the patron and the friend just a few days ago we hit five years of being a twitch partner this has been an amazing journey i'm very thankful you've been a part of it And I'm looking forward to the future. And this discussion is based around telling that story and also giving a sense of where I would like to go with all this. So in current year, the content is more diverse than it's ever been. Much of my streaming career was basically the method of slamming out as many hours of StarCraft II uptime as I physically could. The first, let's say, three years or so, that was basically my business model, and my edge as a streamer was volume. I went to a bunch of the different sites that track the metrics of StarCraft streams, and I tried to always have the top stream uptime of all the StarCraft broadcasters, and I was typically always either first or second. I would only be second to ProTech because he would sleep on stream sometimes. They changed the TOS for that. You're no longer allowed to sleep on stream as part of your business. So if Twitch catches you with that, they'll just turn your channel off. I don't think it's a a bannable offense or anything. But I got some feedback from people back in that period that when I would be on for, let's say more than 11 hours, my energy level would go down a bunch, which would be a sacrifice to the quality of my content lots of quantity but i can't have a really high energy level a high level of focus and interaction for 11 plus hours a day so it was tuned back some to try and up the average energy level of the channel another aspect of the evolution of my channel and my brand has been trying to make high effort content things like guides videos Answering the questions about the core fundamentals of the game, we did a series of classes and fulfilled a bunch of different Patreon uh, video topic requests as part of a fundraiser for going to the team house for six months. So this road has been really, really amazing, and a lot of it has been kind of winging it. And that links into one of the things that I'm trying to do better at. In the sense of rounding off my biggest weakness as a business person, and that's having structure. So this year, 2020, we're doing a lot of different kinds of stuff at this point. We have StarCraft 2 content, there's Ladder with commentary. We have a DD campaign that just got started. We play classic Wild WoW, the Playable Classes with Brunt Mistrunner, who is the main tank and the guild leader of creation on the White Main server. We have Icky Sticky, a very silly warlock who just hit level 20. We have Shadow Shadowsong, a night elf priest. And we've been doing Dota 2 with Apoptosis, Agent Smith on Sundays, Philosophy with Eche Fatum, and Saturday is Raid Day. So given all these things, and given the variety of content now, I would like to have that falling at predictable times. Because we have a wide mixture of viewers here. We have some people who absolutely love the StarCraft gameplay, and they can't get enough of that. That's fantastic, and I love that. But a lot of them don't really like the classic WoW content. It's not for them. So how do they know when to tune in? That should be something that I can provide to you, the viewers and the audience. If you prefer to watch StarCraft, you should be able to find me doing StarCraft at some point during your week. At a reliable time so we can all kind of get a sense of what's going on when so that's probably my largest goal for 2020 is to have a really clear and consistent structure where we're doing things at reliable times for your benefit and for mine just for a general sense of my life's journey 2019 was a big chapter turn for me i moved from Texas to Seattle. And that was 18 days of the stream not being online. As a broadcaster, we don't get paid vacation and stuff like that. It's all a matter of do you have enough money saved up to afford taking a bunch of time off? And thanks to your generosity, that was possible. So I was able to drive up here with a bunch of my stuff and then ship the rest of it, get all moved in and settled. And make this new apartment into a home. And that's been really fantastic. I have felt like I've still been playing catch up with the stream downtime in addition to the Classic bow launch, which was a really big time sink, but a worthwhile one in terms of how much I enjoyed that game and the process of leveling a character with my brother and some of the people I love the most in the scene. So because of the level of generosity and the success of the channel, That's afforded me a lot more creative freedom and I can't express how thankful I am for that. That is fantastic. I don't feel like I'm super tied to doing any one thing because you've been so good to me, been able to allow me to do stuff like philosophy time. When we do philosophy, I don't have a philosophy audience. We don't have a bunch of people who throw money at the channel because there's philosophy. We do content like this because we feel like it matters and it has value for the process of learning, purpose, fulfillment, stuff like that. The more important things in life, basically, rather than the ones that earn the most revenue. There were multiple periods in 2019 where I got too focused on metrics. We were very fortunate to be promoted through the war chest multiple times now. And whenever we get a war chest promotion, we get put in the Blizzard launcher, we get the Twitch front page, and our viewers and our averages and everything spike up really, really high. And I made the mistake of starting to self-identify as a thousand viewer streamer, like that I had made it to a new tier by virtue of being part of those promotions and that it was going to stay that way. But anyone who has streamed a whole bunch or probably dealt with promotion in other capacities knows that many of those promoted periods are temporary. It's not something that just boosts you up and then it sticks forever. It's gonna go back down to something closer to your average. And that's okay. But I did get pretty tilted for a period as it was going back down to more of a normal level. And I was wondering, am I doing something wrong? And the answer that I found was no, I was not doing something wrong. My channel was being put in front of a lot of people aren't exactly our audience. If a StarCraft stream gets put onto the front page, you may hook some new people, and we did. But if someone is a Minecraft main or a Fortnite main and never played StarCraft, they might be mildly amused by Jimothy or something. But if it's not their jam, I don't want them to feel obligated to tune in. Basically, my goal from the very beginning was to center my channel and my content and my brand around the solid regular. I'm not trying to be everyone's streamer. I'm trying to be the best streamer that I can be for you, for the people who resonate with me and the mission that I have for spreading mindfulness on Twitch, awareness of communication skills, compassion, and a different level of maturity than we're used to in a lot of online gaming, especially competitive online gaming. If I can circle back to the original purpose for creating Neuro, this began with a lot of discussion with Kukio, who is the original patron of the whole business, about how in poker, there's a lot of literature on tilt management. They know in the poker scene... That sometimes you enter situations that really rustle your jimmies, and that causes you to play like an idiot. And generally speaking, it's best to focus on that emotional management as its own quest rather than to only ever focus on the hands. Because sometimes in your rational, logical, still state of mind, you might be able to make the right decision. But if you had a string of bad luck, you may get overly aggressive. You may get overly defensive and start to play in ways that don't fit your desired strategy. And during this time, while I'm doing full-time poker and I'm reading books on tilt management only, the top recommendation for me there is The Mental Game of Poker by Jared Tendler. It's on Amazon, highly recommended even if you never plan to play poker. He focuses entirely on tilt He'll reference a few situations in the game, but the book itself is not a guide on how to play the game of poker. It's on how to identify the different types of tilt and gives you some strategies for how to inject some logic and manage that tilt. So I'm reading these books, and I'm also a fan of StarCraft right around the time when Legacy the Void is out. And I see... Beloved players like Idra, who are macro beasts and gods who are losing matches purely because of tilt. There are multiple instances of players who are objectively ahead in pretty much every conceivable way, but they're so upset that they leave and they lose and they miss out on winnings, and the tilt is clearly impacting their results. But there wasn't the same dialogue in the gaming scene about tilt management as there was in the poker scene. So I saw this as a, just kind of business person, as a really wide open niche. So I thought, well, I could be Neuro, I could be the mindset guy, the guy who didn't just talk about the StarCraft match and the strategies in play, but the emotions in play and how the situation affects how we think about ourselves, how we think about the game, And how we think and feel about our opponent. Because a lot of times you'll see people make really big real life mistakes. You have a peer. Someone who shares the same passion for the game that you play. And two people in a StarCraft match are just shitting on each other. When they could be talking about the situation, becoming friends, and sparring partners, and then both improving together. So it seemed like a huge opportunity, really awesome. And I told all this to Kukio and he knew that I wouldn't be able to make money doing this for a while, but he believed in this purpose and process. So he said, go do it. I know you can do it. And five years of Twitch partner later, it's very obvious that we have. We've made a substantial impact in the scene. People know about how we approach tilt management here. The community around this channel is extremely nice, uplifting, and supportive. There are so many times where I myself will be tilted and kind of down and out, and I'll be transparent with you about that. I'll be vulnerable, and people are really quick to cheer me up and cheer me on. So in that sense, I feel very happy about the progress we've made. I'm not a millionaire, but we're getting by. And that is massive, to be able to make a living doing something that not only is fun, but is also meaningful and purposeful and satisfying. That's incredible. And I try to remind myself of that when I'm feeling down or when I'm feeling discouraged. When I focus too much on the metrics and I forget the most important thing, which is you, the people, the people who listen and discuss and learn and also teach me things. I've learned so much from this community, from Twitch chat, as wild as it can be. Sometimes there's a lot of knowledge in there. And I think if you open with respect for people, you can be surprised at how much they have to teach you, how much you can learn from them. Ignatius in the chat is asking, are there any particular moments or contributions you're proud of? Uh, particular contributions. One of the ones that jumps out to me was actually a kind of a Samwise Gamgee versus Frodo moment during the achievement hunt. And this is something that happened a couple of years ago now, where myself and a few other streamers are cutting all kinds of sleep for a series of five days in a row. And I got to a point where my critical thinking just shut off. I had been awake for so damn long that I couldn't think about the strats for the next missions in any reasonable time frame. And Vatuel, who is one of the longer-term supporters of the channel, he stepped up, he got some guides next to him on his computer and jumped in voice chat with me, And we talked through the last few missions. So he was kind of carrying me up the mountain to throw the rest of the achievements into the lava when I didn't have the mental focus to do that. So that wasn't money that he gave me. That was guidance and encouragement and knowledge when I was down and out. So that kind of thing means a whole bunch There was another contribution that was made that was also more on the ideological side rather than the financial side. I was feeling pretty sad and also pretty sentimental about Kukio's passing. And I pointed out that I've gathered a lot of mannerisms from him in the way that he spoke. His measured cadence, rather than rush through whatever he's talking about, he would have a nice pacing so that everyone could keep up with what he was saying. And he also cut all the ums and uhs, which was a fun game that we played back in university. We called it the Subway Challenge. So we would go into Subway and say, all right, order everything you're going to get on your sandwich, and you can never say um the entire time. If you say um, you have to go to the back of the line. So we're going in order our sandwich and I go up first time doing this and the nice lady says so what kind of bread do you want and I said um so I had to go to the (laughs) back, restart and do it again and it's taken a while but I've gotten quite a bit better at that oftentimes that just means pausing before your next phrase instead of filling it with um and that's been a huge boost to my ability to speak the eloquence and things like that. And there was a viewer, who said he may have passed, but if a lot of your mannerisms and your speech are from him and we watch and listen to you and what you do rubs off on us, then he is living through all of us. And that's one of the most powerful things that I'd heard from anyone in the community that really made me feel proud of doing this streaming and in that sense, carrying his legacy, because he really believed in active listening and talking to people, not just to assert your point in your position, but to really exchange information with them in the sense that they understand you every step of the way. And if they don't, you identify that and you fill them in, catch them up, And then you can keep moving through the conversation together. One of the biggest problems that we have globally speaking with our communication is people have basically an ammo pouch of quips, arguments, and words. And they're just zinging that at the person they're talking to with no regard for whether they're keeping up with you, with no regard for what they're saying. If they're giving a critique or a counter, no listening at all. It's just throwing out those different shots and then waiting for the other person to shut up so you can throw another one. And he didn't do that. And that was a really stark contrast to a lot of other university students who I was around at the time. So that being a fundamental aspect of what I did try to do as a broadcaster is from him. And I'm really thankful for that example. So... 2020, we've come a long way and for the first time in probably two years, I have a sleep schedule now. It's kind of wild, but I sleep when it's dark outside and then I wake up still pretty late. It's about somewhere between 11 and 12:15 in the morning slash afternoon, just in time for a very late brunch. <laughs> And that's been a work in progress. I've really wanted to try to do that so that I can meet our raid time. Our guild raids at 1 p.m. server, which is West Coast time in the U.S., every Saturday. I've got 100% raid attendance, and if I can help it, I would like to attend every single one I can to be there for the team and lead from the front. And leading from the front is a concept that I've meditated on for the past year or so. I was gifted a book on the Viking art of war. And one of the things that's a really stark contrast to a lot of leadership nowadays is the leaders in that context would be fighting with their warriors, with their men, in the front, shouting, swinging their weapons, taunting the enemies, inspiring their comrades. And they were putting themselves at risk as well rather than sitting on a high horse way off in the distance. So I would like to try to be that kind of leader as well, if I can. And a big part of that is being genuine and vulnerable with my community. One of the problems that I run into as the mindset guy is some people will idealize me as some like Vulcan or some like high level zen monk who's been training for 25 years at how to be like super still and calm all the time that's not me at all i'm aware of that and i've practiced along a lot of those lines but i'm not a master i'm not someone who's an expert and even if i were the mantra mastery as a path which has been my tagline would still apply there's still more to learn and there's still a lot more room to grow. So given all that, leading from the front as Brunt, half Mistrunner, Torn Warrior of the Mistrunner tribe. It's been super fun rolling in Classic WoW. I'm really glad that I decided to go for this. I know that business-wise, it wasn't the highest plus ROI move immediately. There's a chance that it can take off, but this past week specifically, I had been thinking about the content itself. Rather than the compensation for the content, like, have I gotten a bunch of donations because I did this brunt video, I thought about it more in terms of, when I do this character, when I'm playing with the guild and with the team, is it fun, is it satisfying, is it enjoyable, and am I proud of it? And the answer is yes. And it's been hard for me to get to that answer because a lot of my follower base is very dedicated to StarCraft II. And they see the stream on and they see that it's not StarCraft II. And they say, when is it going to be StarCraft II? That has been a point of difficulty for me for a while. But after thinking about it quite a bit, I'm kind of planting my feet in the ground and saying that I'm proud of Brunt Half-A-Ton Mistrunner. I'm super glad that I made this character. I'm very proud of our guild and our team as well. We have so many fantastic people running with us in Molten Core and prepping for Blackwing Lair. So in that sense, this is going to stay a part of the channel. I like the balance that we have presently. Basically, it's a mixture of StarCraft and WoW content depending on scheduling, which is something I'm working on, and also depending on my energy level. Starcraft is a way more energy taxing game than Classic WoW is. So if I'm feeling rested, high energy, that's a really good time to get in some practice. Flip side, if I'm feeling tired, my sleep was interrupted or something, but I still want to be live, Classic is a really nice chill game to play. I can still hang out, I can talk, and I can read the chat a lot more than I can while I'm actively laddering. So that's been really cool for me because I kind of have a fast mode and a slow mode with the content where both of them are fun and enjoyable for me. And it means that I don't really have to press myself to the point where I feel like "Ah, I wish I could be playing this game faster. I can ease into a gear that is very sustainable and enjoyable for me because one of the main things I have to be aware of is burnout. I know a lot of broadcasters can sometimes lose motivation. They lose that inspiration, which is really big for Keeping your competitive edge. So, having this variety of content, I think, is very good for my sustainability and survival in the long term. So, the very rough idea I have of my schedule so far, if I had a Sunday through Saturday kind of rhythm, would be probably Saturday as being more wow focused. We already do Agent Smith in the evenings on Sunday, and I would like to keep doing that. That's worked for us for a long time. That's actually been the most consistent slot of content that we've been doing. We don't always start at the same hour. We could shoot for that, but that's not super high on the priority list since that's already the most structured time of my week. Before that, we might have our second raid day, which would be Molten Core and Onyxia whenever Blackwing Lair comes out. So Sunday could be Brunt, Molten Core into Onyxia, into Nura or Icky Sticky during Agent Smith. And then Monday, the idea is to go full StarCraft with an emphasis on fundamentals. I did my first stream like that this week, and I was challenged by one of the nice viewers here, Squishy SC, who said, You're doing an empty custom game. Are you training like an anime character? And everybody knows that drills are boring as shit. It's just not fun to spam basic stuff. If there's no opponent, if there's no ranked ladder match, it feels like there's a lot less on the line and it's less exciting for you and for the audience. So most streamers have a very strong pull of gravity. I would also say most players have a very strong pull toward... What? Just spamming ladder games. But I would like to improve. I've been up to 5850 MMR, never been 6K. I got to GM, and one of the aspects that I had building the channel originally was a road to GM. So I set a goal as I started streaming on Twitch. I would like to stream my road to GM, and we got there. From being a bronze Protoss in Wings of Liberty, learning how to four gate, which got us to platinum and then switching to Zerg to prep for Heart of the Swarm, which put me in silver, practicing through the Heart of the Swarm beta up to diamond. And then when Heart of the Swarm came out, we got masters pretty fast and then started streaming Road to GM. And we got there. And when I was at the team house, I focused a whole bunch on understanding how to practice effectively, how to practice hard, how to be focused, polish my matchups. But I haven't really done that consistently throughout my streaming career. It's really hard to, because when I'm live, when I'm streaming, I really try to prioritize the audience and the viewers' questions, where if I lose a match, oftentimes a viewer will ask, a perfectly valid question that helps them understand what happened. But most of the time that question is not the question I would need to ask for my own progress, because those questions tend to be more of the big picture things like, streamer, was your composition wrong? Should you have made different units? That's a valid question. And in a lot of situations, you would have done better if you had a more ideal composition. But if you're trying to go from mid-GM, which is where I usually chill, to 6K, the question should be much more focused on staying ahead or even in the early game. And that's what I'm trying to work on now. And I had been frustrated with not being able to focus on that because I hadn't carved out that space of time. So this year, we've done three what I call samurai streams. And the reason I use that terminology is because of the removal of distractions. The idea, kind of of Miyamoto Musashi's spirit, that your entire world, your entire universe, should be the fight against your opponent, and nothing else exists. If you're streaming on Twitch, you've got alerts popping off. That's sounds, that's visuals. You've got two monitors. One of them has what you're doing in OBS, like moving around constantly. You've got a Twitch chat with a bunch of amazing, funny jokes and interesting questions and commentary in it that you want to read. You've got channel points and channel rewards now that people want to redeem and earn and stuff like that. And that's a lot to do that in addition to defending a two-base all-in from Protoss. So if I really want to improve, I need to take some time to purely play StarCraft. And that's what Tuesdays are now. I start off the stream with Samurai mode for three to usually six hours is what I've done so far. But the key thing with that segment is the prep. The prep is, I think, the secret ingredient to playing really well. And the TLDR of that for me is going to bed early, an hour early, where you're in bed, lights off, cozy, all that put your phone down. I'm not perfect with that yet. Go to sleep. And then when you wake up, you wake up as though you are about to duel for your survival. Not like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to chill, do some social. No, no social media, no messing around, just preparing for war, basically, and having a very serious attitude and tone to your day from before it even starts. You go to bed with the intention of leaping out of bed when it's time to get up. So I get out of bed fast, and I drink water and then exercise immediately. No nonsense, no loafing about. Exercise really gets your physical body going. Starcraft is a very physical game. There's so much speed involved in its mechanics and the execution that just going for a simple 10 to 20 minute run has huge benefits to how fast and how accurately you can play. I've tested this. I can feel this. If I'm groggy and sleepy, it kind of feels like fighting in mud or on the Australia server. If I've gone for a run and really practiced engaging my physical body, I tend to play way faster. I feel like I'm ready to fight. Starcraft is a fight. It's not just thinking about every single move in a very deep way. Sometimes it's just, can you punch the opponent faster than they punch you and block their punches? And addressing the physical side is a key element to that. I also prime myself by watching a, a Lima league replay. You can check them out on Patreon. Basically, it's the GSL Code S tier players doing a regular tournament that puts out replay packs that you can get on Patreon. And just watching one of those from the Zerg perspective, it helps me to see the order of operations, what that player prioritizes, a player who is faster and more experienced and knowledgeable than me. And then I'll do some of my own drills and stuff after I've had breakfast and coffee. And then after I've done my drills, then I hit it hard with no Twitch chat. It's covered up. I have just a file explorer window that covers that and I also use a discord window to cover up the OBS so I don't see stuff moving around on my right monitor I can only see the action on my left I also mute my microphone so I don't talk and I'm not tempted to talk sometimes in the past I've done try hard sessions where I leave my mic open I will talk it just happens stuff happens you want to make a comment be funny be cheeky or explain something so I just mute it for the entire game Sometimes I'll unmute it for a few seconds. But for the vast majority of it, I just want to focus purely on StarCraft Two: Legacy of the Void winning the match. And I don't know if it's to my surprise, but thankfully, the viewers have found that to be really cool. It's way higher intensity, seeing me just try to play my heart out. I don't always win, but there are a lot of matches that, as a streamer, you lose because you were playing slower than you could because you were explaining every step of the way. That has a lot of value. I'm glad that I do that as my profession, but that is my profession as the primary. Being a focused tournament player is not my profession and it's something that only gets to happen on Tuesdays now. And I'm really glad that people have enjoyed that. I do generate better replays with that tryhard play, which I have used for some of the guides that I've done which is really, 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 really cool and fulfilling for me. And I feel very satisfied at the end of a tryhard day. It's like I could actually express myself and who I am as a player in this moment rather than like a 80% version of myself. One of the toughest questions to get as a streamer is when you get cannon rushed at your natural because you didn't send your second overlord over it and you know that you're supposed to, but you were talking about some random thing that someone said in the chat instead of focusing on the game and then the cannons finish your base dies and they say i don't know what zerg is supposed to do that gets to me because i know that i can stop that and i know that if i wasn't juggling 16 different things i would be focused on keeping my overlord there but it's kind of the streamer tax and well we lose a match so i keep these accounts separate now root neuro on the na server that's capital n on the Asia server, it's lowercase n. That's my tryhard account. So if you see games from that, if you see replays from that, that's me at 100%. I have a few other ones that I can play on for fun and for commentary. Mr. Neural is one of them. All Might is another one. So Tuesday would be Samurai Day. And then after I've done my tryhard and I feel like I've used up most of my top speed play. I'll go over every single loss of the day and try to diagnose what's going wrong and see if there are any patterns and common themes in my losses. One of the ones I'm working on right now is ZVT. Six Hellions, drive into your natural. Right as you put a whole bunch of drones there, you lose so much that you lose the game. So I need 12 to 14 lings. Behind the wall, my queens have to be between the third and the natural so they can help defend that things like that, adding in structure and setting clear goals for how to improve my matchups and slowly turn up. My win rate is really fun. And I think the viewers really like to see that I don't get to go over every game. So there are some where I could tell people were not fully satisfied. This most recent Tuesday, I did a two base Muta opening against Terran And there was a viewer who I saw after ask why. But I wasn't in a mode where I was going to answer questions. (laughs) So you can just guess at that kind of thing yourself. It's fun to see people theorycraft and try to figure out why I did this or that. But let me tell you, it is such a relaxing and relieving feeling to lose a match with my mic muted and I can't see the chat and I know exactly why I lost and I can be at peace with that loss. And I can point out what I need to do better internally to myself. And I don't have to explain shit to anybody. Sometimes you lose a match and then you have to play 50 questions about why didn't you play better? Why didn't you do this, that, and the other thing? And a lot of times, you know, you should have done that, but now you have to explain it to people. And that costs you a bunch of energy, but I can just lose a match with dignity. I know why I lost. I can put it in my notes. And then next time I'm going to try better. That's been so fun with the samurai streams. And then Wednesday is going to change here pretty soon. Uh, Recently, we've been doing Onyxia on Wednesday, but like I said, Sunday will be probably our B-raid, which would be MC on Onyxia. So Wednesday is totally free for scheduled stuff. There may be Pylon show in the evening. I've been fortunate to be invited on there lots of times. So I would like Wednesday evenings to be mostly free. So I can attend that whenever I get invited. So I'm kind of thinking Wednesday should be a full StarCraft day as well. And Thursday, we started what? A new D&D campaign called Wayfarers, DM'd by Apoptosis. We've got Exile 5 Pig. He's playing a wizard. We've got Cockeyed Gaming's Ash. She's playing a rogue. Cobra Venom is on production. Body V did some art for it. Hallelujah does timestamps for us. It is a ridiculously strong team. I'm playing Kal, who is a Kinku Birdbarian. And we've done one episode, and it was ridiculously good. Just super, super good content. We have a great dynamic. The flow and the pacing of it is really good. I'm super excited to see where this campaign goes. I think we have basically the ideal team composition in terms of interaction between the people, you could theorycraft a DD team comp and say, well, you don't have a healer. It's a role-playing game. It's a storytelling game. And we're doing this for the narrative that develops, not the min-maxing. If we want to min-max, we can play StarCraft. We can play WoW, stuff like that, that actually has mechanics that people care about. This is for fun. It's for funny voices. It's for funny moments and stories. And... Yeah, we're doing that every other Thursday. So not this Thursday, but the one after that. The Thursdays where we're not doing D&D, Apoptosis and I are going to be doing Dota 2. Dota 2 is my choice MOBA. I don't play it that often. There have been periods where I did. I was pretty close to tournament level in Heroes of New Earth back in the day, back when that was a thing. And I'll be playing Shadow Fiend, with a cool voice mod. Apoptosis is a techies main, so he has to mute everyone on the team before he gets started, (laughs) but he's really fun to collaborate with. And that's a way for us to kind of work together, make some content and also do some of our music discussion content. So we've listened through some albums and we talk about our reactions to them, the elements in the music, what makes it unique. Our center genre on this is black metal, but we have worked around that and gotten some other metal releases. We haven't opened it up fully to viewer suggestions, but that's a concept we've discussed and that we're open to. This next episode, we're going to go over one of McGlaw's albums. Not sure if it's going to be the newest one, Age of Excuse, or the previous album. And then we're also going to do Odyssey to the West by Slice the Cake, If you wanted to listen to those ahead of time, you could, but that's a really fun time. And I think a lot of people enjoy that segment, even if those aren't really their go-to music genres, just because a lot of times people don't take the time to really digest and process the music they're listening to. You hear stuff on the radio, it's catchy, it's poppy, it gets stuck in your head and a bunch of people listen to it, but they don't really have that sit down focused listen of music where they share their perspective and their reactions to it. And that can be fun, even if it's not your jam, per se. So we'll be doing more of those together. I forgot to mention on Wednesday, I started last week a Zerg Rush segment because I tend to be a pretty much purely standard macro Zerg player where I put on the cowboy hat and Fumble McGuffin does a Zerg Rush for a couple hours and stays in character the entire time on stream. His opinion is that Zerg always attacks first and it's always been that way and it will always be that way. And that allows me to diversify my strategies a little bit, have some fun, do some silly builds, take some silly requests and get some meme content into the rotation. And with the recent addition of channel points, we have ways to summon the different characters that I've created through the stream. You've got a hat rack over here by the green screen, with the cowboy hat, a crab hat, Jimothy, a birthday hat, Batman mask, and there's a wolf mask. And also a kind of woven Viking brunt hat thing. So that is a, Pretty big edge, I think, for Twitch broadcasting. Most people on Twitch don't have that much acting experience. A lot of people get into this because they were good at a particular game when it was very popular, and that allowed them to establish their business, get a foothold in the scene, and then continue to expand. Whereas I had some musical theater experience in university. I really like character acting. I like doing funny voices. Good sneaker always helps. You know, stuff like that. so moving forward being able to bring out those characters in ways that are fun and exciting not to overdo them but to perform them the right amount i'm thinking of having jimothy be the hype man for my channel because one of the things that i'm pretty bad at because i don't like it is selling myself and pitching my product to people i don't like having commercials being pushed at me i don't like being advertised to And that makes it hard for me to advertise to you, my audience, and also to other people because I don't like that game. But if it's Jimothy, that's pretty cool. Jimothy could do that. I don't really think of me existing. Whenever I put the Jimothy mask on, it's Jimothy. like That's him. And the voice just clicks and sticks the whole time. I think about his perspective and I can really get into character with that. So I'm thinking that will be a pretty nice workaround for my lack of motivation to do that self-promotion business side of the channel. I've been making a concerted effort to promote the Patreon more. The rework of the Patreon saw me shift it from specifically StarCraft-related coaching and rewards, which were pretty tough to deliver properly, because I had to negotiate like, okay, when do you want your coaching session? You did your Pledge this month, and sometimes scheduling can be hard. But now it's based on suggesting and voting on content, and then also getting the book at the $1 tier. So my book, The Path, A Gamer's Guide to Mastery, it's in PDF form. Whenever you pledge at any tier, you automatically get a link to that. So you can download that, browse it, listen to it. I will be working on an audiobook for it this year. So if you would prefer to listen to it, that'll be an option that becomes available. And we're going to do another suggestions post, which already got released, and then a poll for what content you want to see next. That could be stuff like, I want to see a guide on how to face mech in the current meta. Another suggested one was for people who haven't played StarCraft in a while. If you're a returning Zerg, what will be a good starting build to just catch up with the meta do something that kind of makes sense and fits and get up to speed in a way that you're not just playing 2017 StarCraft in 2020. So yeah, that's been a a pretty nice way for me to get a good sense of what content you want. I get a lot of different suggestions, but you do have to pay rent and stuff. So getting suggestions that have some financial backing to them helps a whole bunch I really hate asking for money. I don't want to ask for subs. I don't want to ask for follows, but to a point it is very useful and business savvy to be able to promote yourself and the different ways people can support you. Cobra venom is hyped for the audio version of the book. Cobra, if I can pat you on the back and give you a high five, it's been kind of a transformative thing for, my content, because basically everything that I suck at as a broadcaster and streamer, he knows how to do all the magical technical stuff that for a lot of it I could do, but it would take me about 16 times longer than it takes him. And that leads into another point that I wanted to make, which was Team Neuro. Team Neuro is something that is now an official channel with people in it. And basically. I can call upon the powers of this team. And it's kind of like Justice League or whatever, where it's like, can we get a creation guild discord going? And they just say, yeah. And then in like two hours, it's up. It it exists now. And we're going to be polishing it and refining it. And then the team's going to move over to that discord server, which is going to be way more efficient for all of them. And the team made that happen. So, The success of this stream, and I've stated this in the past, kind of as a counter response to some other streamers who, they say, oh, I built this all by myself. I did not build this channel all by myself. I had lots of help, and every little bit helps. Every follow, every subscriber, every person who just turns up and says hi, and just interacts in some way, expresses themselves, brings their humanity to the table and is part of this conversation. You have been a part of this story and you are a part of this success. And I'm very thankful for that. And if I ever get really egotistical, please let me know. (laughs) I want to try to stay humble and keep it real and be connected with the people. It does look pretty scary for the big streamers who have a chat that just rolls so fast that they can't talk to them. I really like being able to talk to you. And the manners and the interaction of all of you have been so fantastic that I hope that that stays around forever. I hope that we always have a way to talk and discuss and engage on a direct interpersonal level. Yeah, I did do a blog post. Someone in the chat is mentioning I did a blog post called For the Team that was in praise of all of you and the people who work really hard to. Hope this channel and related products be as amazing as they can be. Yeah, there's always slow mode. We could make it slower. So I talked about the goals for 2020. My themes for this year are structure and discipline. I also want to be able to drive myself more to be in the habit of doing things that I don't want to do but are really important for this type of job. Twitter.com. I don't really like it. It's very, very powerful for a content creator and an influencer to use. I should use it. It doesn't take that long. I should be disciplined and be able to do that. Instagram for Pete's sake. It's not the most fun thing, but it's really good for establishing a aesthetic to your brand. It can be a different aspect of yourself. I just got a new camera upgrade, so I have a super nice uh, iPhone camera so I can take some pictures with that. I already have a setup for where I might do that, and if I can do that in a streamlined, straightforward, and easy way, then I should be able to make regular pushes of content. That could be stories, that could be just pictures, things like that. I place a high emphasis on personal fitness, doing pull-ups, doing push-ups on stream, doing squats doing a 10-kilometer run each day, memes. That kind of thing is something I try to promote on Twitch a lot because a lot of people struggle with idleness. The standing desk as well is another big thing. I'm actually standing while I'm doing this. Anyone who can see me live on the stream can see it, but uh, standing helps me a lot with confidence. I discussed this with Cobra and some other people that by standing with a powerful bearing... It could be hands on your hips. It could just be back straight, chest out. It could be using your louder, more resonant voice. That encourages you to take initiatives because you feel more bold if your body is in a bold stance. Not only that, standing is much better for your circulation and for your health. I sit for a very long time as a streamer. I've been sitting for the vast majority of my career, and I just got an autonomous smart desk home edition. This last year and it's been fantastic and I've been standing for longer and longer periods of time. It takes a little bit to build up the strength in your joints. That's mainly the weak point. My muscles are perfectly strong to do that but ankles and knees mostly are where I feel resistance there. Starting out I was only standing for about an hour and a half and a few months later now, I think I stood for about four and a half hours during Saturday's raid And I didn't even realize how long that was. I just started standing and I've been standing and I saw the uptime and said, wow, that's been pretty much half my stream, just standing up. Have you heard of Habitica? It's a nice way to gamify your routine. I've not heard of that. You can post on Twitter, DailyQuest. That's pretty cool. I am a big fan of gamification in general. I think it's a good strategy, especially for people who are already into games, because it gives us that structure and that process of work to earn a reward. The process of doing a quest to get an item is one of the most fundamental things regarding progress and improvement. I don't know if anyone has seen the television program called The Mandalorian, but it's from the Star Wars universe, and the stories in it are fairly simple. Guy gets a quest, does the quest, gets a quest reward. And that might seem kind of tedious or simple, but it's relatable. That's how most of our lives are lived. And that makes it very relatable for you to the main character, because you're not talking about space wizards and this deep lore of all this stuff that's happening. It's a person who's trying to make a living and get by doing a heckin' quest to up their gear so they can fight more difficult content. And real life is like that as well. If you can create an actionable plan for yourself of how you're going to get from your present state to a state that is very slightly better, you've got to put in some work and it's not going to be fun every step of the way. So I'm open to feedback with that kind of stuff. I'm trying my best and I'm... Flawed and vulnerable as well. I got some questions recently about motivation regarding the tedious stuff that you have to do. And this was right after me explaining Samurai Stream. And I think the nice viewer assumed that I'm always like that. I'm not always like that. Samurai Tuesdays are when I'm trying to go 100%, but no one is at 100% all the time. Sometimes the sloth wins and you're in bed in the morning and you're like, yeah, I think I'm gonna stay here for another 30 minutes. (laughs) That happens. I'm trying to work on that, trying to keep it snappy, keep it fast, have really nice discipline and momentum. And 2020, that's what it's about. Discipline and structure. Structure of the stream, structure of the content, structure of my day, and discipline to be a well-rounded broadcaster and content creator, and do the things that maybe aren't quite as fun but are really good for the business. So we did team neuro long-term purpose of the channel is the same as the initial purpose. I'm trying to push mindfulness, maturity, responsibility, respect on Twitch. I even set my Twitter like sub tag to be professor of respect. Kind of how, Dr. Disrespect has that as his thing. I think respect is amazing. I think it's also very plus EV, plus expected value in the way that you interact. And that ties in with kindness, not just being something that you should do for ethical reasons, but something that you should do for economy reasons. Just being able to get your point across, engage with other people, and get shit done. Is way better if you can respect them first, be kind through that process, get your ideas to them so they can process them, integrate them and communicate effectively with you. It is good shit. It's not just being nice for its own sake, which would be valid, but we have StarCraft community as the foundation of this scene in the Neuro Channel and they like results. And I think everybody likes results and it's possible to have both. You can perform well and be respectful at the same time. And I would say they go together. Bahadur asks, is there an upper limit on the size of stream you would be comfortable with? I don't have a number on that. And the reason that's a tricky question is because different streams have different chat cultures. Some chats, they encourage the viewers to spam and to type the first thing that pops into their head. Whereas other channels have more of a cautious behavior in the chat where people typically respect the space and they wait for something really good to bring to the table. Hafu has a good chat that is not gated by subscribers. That's pretty well behaved and doesn't move too fast. And she can have somewhere between three and 5,000 viewers at a time. So I think that it's possible to grow quite a bit and to maintain a really good chat culture if you start with that. And we have. The chat culture here is amazing. So I think there's a lot of hope to grow quite a bit without sacrificing that. I don't know what that upper limit might be, but yeah, I think we're nowhere close to hitting that as a direct problem. The stream schedule is seven days a week. That is a large time commitment on and off camera. Yes. And I would say I am currently working with the idea of taking a day off whenever I feel like it. (laughs) And I don't have anything particular planned. I like having some wild aspects to it. I'm kind of a forest monk who rolled into a stream studio. Is how I've described it to people. Where I'm pretty primal as a person. I'm not really a builder or a tinkerer kind of person who thinks about how things work and the building blocks. I want to punch stuff. I want to shout my message to the world. I want to kick ass and I want to lead and fight. And that's more of my soul. So yeah, being able to just make snap calls for myself, that makes me feel like I have a lot of freedom as an individual. So if I wanted to take a Friday off, I could. If I wanted to take a Monday off, I could do that. Stuff like that. I could also schedule the same day off each week. It's not set in stone yet. The thing I listed off Sunday through Saturday is just the first stab at it. You were thinking ninja level of audience. There was a period where I entertained the idea of trying to be the top streamer on Twitch, but that's not really my purpose or my goal. That would be cool and that would increase the potential for me to influence and spread my message, but it's better to do it in a slower, more righteous way than it is to cut corners and try to get there as fast as possible. Helps a ton with burnout. Yeah, I took Sunday off this week for purely mental health reasons, just to give you some insight into who I am as a person and how I'm vulnerable. I'm a ridiculously happy person. If you're measuring people waking up in the morning, what their mood is like, I'm ridiculously happy-go-lucky. I am optimistic. I assume that the day is going to go well. I have a can-do attitude, and that's just how I operate. But at the same time, there are certain things that do get to me. And the biggest wound that I have is Kukio's passing, And there was a viewer who stabbed me on that front on Saturday, which hit me so hard mentally that it actually affected me on a physical level as well. I felt sick on Sunday, but on Monday, I felt perfectly fine. So I don't think I got sick in that sense. It was just that it impacted me so much on the psychological level. And I took the day off and it was one of the best decisions I've made because I got to revisit my purpose I got to focus on Kukio as a person, what he meant to me, what he would think about the situation, and why I set out to be a streamer, be a content creator on Twitch. And that really galvanized me and gave me a lot of courage that I needed. So I was joking with the chat this week about how while they succeeded in their stab and they hit me where it hurt the most, if you take enough damage, sometimes that causes you to kind of level up in a way. And I think that happened. That really got me to think about my next steps and expand And this solo podcast discussion is off the back of that energy. So yeah, if you want to troll, good luck because either it's not going to be effective or you're going to get me to do a podcast that ends up being really plus EV. (laughs) Bring it on. The most productive troll there ever was. The accidental troll. A lot of good things happen by accident. And I would say that was one of those. Shout out to the people who supported me. I know I talked with some of you privately about it. And I try to be as transparent as I can. I know not everything is uh, platform appropriate, brand appropriate. So I can't talk about every aspect of who I am and what I think about as a person on Twitch live. But because my channel is mindset-oriented, if I struggle and I feel like it's worth bringing that to the table and being transparent, I would prefer to do that. That's why I told the community. I told you guys because I don't want to create the expectation that I am some stoic, statuesque god who feels no pain and fears nothing and is never worried about stuff or hurt by stuff. I'm a person too. So we did the progress. Five years of being a Twitch partner. It's been awesome to address you all directly through the podcast, through the Twitch stream, through the YouTube channel. I'm super thankful for you joining me on this wild and epic journey in live streaming and content creation. I'm looking forward to what we have in store in the future. I hope that we can stay focused, stay true to our principle and mission. And purpose and have a crap ton of fun along the way. From me, Neuro, from Jimothy, Homestar, Run Half a Ton, Mistrunner, Good Smeagle, Batman. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one. Never give up and believe in yourself. GG.